From your data, you are fully functional, aren't you? Of course, but... How fully? In every way, of course. I am programmed in multiple techniques. A broad variety of pleasuring. Uh... Mom is making a pubic salad, and I need some Seth's own dressing. She wants my dick in and around her mouth. First, I want you to tongue my bung while you juggle my balls in one hand and play with my asshole with the other. Spank me! And spank me! And me! And me! Yes! Yes, you must give us all a good spanking! Guys! After the spanking, the oral sex! Naughty nerds. So that way there's no... Yeah, we don't want to have the sounds of consumption. That's why I was like this, honey, and you're always like, yes. <coughs> I think I have the black lung. <laughs> That's hot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh my, that raises my soul. They might think I'm doing something else, honey. Mike, get away from his penis. <laughs> Bill, get in there. <laughs> All right. So. Cool means. That's what a editing software is for. It is. Don't do it. Naked, raw footage. <laughs> Sweet. Mm. Raw. Mm, footage. And welcome to the Naughty Nerds, the podcast about sex and being a nerd. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm Tasha. And today we have two special friends. Well, okay, we have to clear the term special friends because special <laughs> friends usually means that we've slept with you. So friends, we have two friends are who are not special friends yet. That's right. <laughs> we ha- I haven't told Tasha about what um, Jim and I have done. So Well, I did tell Jim what I did do to you. Oh, okay, yeah. fair enough. So it's all fair. So uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. I'm Ray. I'm Drake. Awesome. <laughs> and I, I think together we are wild stallions. Is it, <laughs> I, could, I had to say that. Of course. <laughs> All right. So, um, <clears throat> so Ray and Drake are not their real name. So they're, bum, bum, bum. they're super secret hero identities. That's true. That means we're going to hear some really juicy stuff, though. It's <laughs> all the dirty shit. So that's pretty awesome. And um, so... We had recorded a podcast uh, before this one, but uh, due to some audio issues, uh, we weren't able to put it out, so that's kind of the delay in putting out. Uh, this is episode two, so um, hopefully this one's going to come out a little bit better. I've checked and triple-checked and quadruple-checked, and they're smooching over there already. It begins. <laughs> so, sorry, Greg, we're going to get you back so we can get a whole podcast on, um, on hentai and all those Yes, I want to know more more about tentacles and and we well, don't know enough about tentacle porn to really. I really talk hate about when it. they dub my hentai. Yeah, and that was like a, we actually talked a little bit about that. Yeah, so that, that's what we're going to talk about. So, so sorry about that, Greg. And we're going to um, get to you and, and do a special anime episode. Cool, so, cool. So since we were last on, uh, we are on Stitcher now, which is cool. Like because I love Stitcher. If you're into podcasts, I'd like that's the way to listen to podcasts. So that's kind of cool. Apparently, well, iTunes too. I oh, mean, I'm gonna write that down. Already? No, we're not on iTunes, but that's the other way people listen, and we're still waiting for iTunes to respond. So iTunes? Is that no, not I? yet. <laughs> yes. Okay. I really like Podkicker. It's one of the best ways I've found on my cell phone to actually find, download, and listen to. Um, yeah, that's a good aggregator program. So yeah. we have our RSS feed, so now we can. Mm. But once we get iTunes, actually, most of the um, aggregators actually use iTunes mostly. So mm-hmm. once we get our iTunes, we'll be on everything pretty much. They mostly come out at night. Mostly. So. <laughs> well, the so, mid-afternoon. So, yeah, so that's a little bit of, of what's been going on <laughs> since we were on last with episode one. Thank you to everyone who's liked our Facebook page because we are up to, like, 100 and what? 
185 or something. 185, really? Yeah, got yeah. some random likes today, actually. Wow, that's, that's amazing. So thank you, everyone, who's liked the page and shared it and listened to our uh, goofy little podcast. Especially... If we get to 500, I'll take my pants off. So I'm saying. Oh, awesome. So when we get to 500, you will get to see our guest take his pants. But no face, so only penis. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because I think a few people would actually recognize him by that. Oh. <laughs> Quite a few, I would think. <laughs> Depends on your definition. Hey, I've got a beer. <laughs> <laughs> so as usual, we're drinking during the podcast because uh, that's what one does on a podcast. Thank you, Three Drunk Geeks, for inspiring that. Yeah, thank yes. you, Three Drunk Geeks, for being the first people to drink on record. <laughs> oh, no. I broke Locally. my cider. I think I, I made need another. Cool. You should do this. Oh, yes. All right. So uh, we're going to talk about, uh, we don't have a name for this yet. This is like the third time we've done this. We still Internet thingy. Internet thingies that we find. Um, so this is where we talk about uh, cool, sexy, or geeky, or preferably both internet things that we find and we like. Nugget of joy. Yes. Do you want to go first? Oh, you can go first. Okay. So uh, my internet thingy this week is a card game because I'm a big gamer. I love uh, board games and cartons and role-playing games and all kinds of stuff. And so uh, I found a game called Call of Cthentacle. So this <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> so Call of Cthentacle is a card game that's based on sort of anim- uh, uh, hentai porn. And you're playing against other investigators who are naturally female. And as the game progresses <laughs> uh, through the cards, you can see that their situation gets worse and worse and tentacles start getting inserted into places. And the whole idea is that you don't want to get jizzed on. So it's like <laughs> Arkham Asylum except porn. Yes, with porn, okay. with, with jizz. So the idea is you don't want to get jizzed on, but you're trying to uh, get all these creatures to basically jizz on your opponents <laughs> rather than you. Okay, so Legend of the Overfiend. Yeah, yeah, so it's a it's a great card game. I, I bought it on uh, RPG Now, and it's called Call of Cthentical. I think I paid like five or eight bucks, like five, six, seven, eight bucks, something like that. It was really cheap, and it's a print and play, so you can just kind of print those out and play them. And, and that is like the coolest thing I've found in the last like week and a half, I think. So That actually sounds really cool. I, I think we may have to get that. I don't know yeah, if anatomically tentacles are capable of jizzing. In Japan, they are. In Japan, yeah. (laughs) They have have superior jizzing technology. They're they're usually demon tentacles, which are actually penises taking advantage of the tentacle tensile strength. Oh, Oh. that's good to know. Science. (laughs) (laughs) The more you know. All right, well, my internet thingy, well, because we were supposed to be doing this on the week of... Halloween, I picked a scary movie that is kind of like softcore porn, I guess. It's called The Stink of Flesh, and I found it on Netflix a while back. It's not on Netflix anymore, but I'm sure you can rent it somewhere else. I thought you could. I think you can rent it on Amazon for a certain amount of money. Anyway, The Stink of Flesh is a, a B movie. It's described as black comedy and sexploitation, and it's about a band of survivors in the zombie wasteland um, who... Well, well, some of them are swingers, actually, or polyamorous. They don't really name what they're doing, except for but all you hear is, sharing. <laughs> is, honey, go get me somebody to play with. And so he goes and finds somebody running out there, running around out there, trying to stay away from zombies and bring them home to have sex with her so he can watch. And uh, it's got all sorts of fun things, like um, a deformed sister who is supposed to be like a... Um, 
a, she has a deformed twin on her side and she likes to spank in the middle of everything and freak everybody out. And um, the husband actually has a zombie tied up or chained up in his shed, a female zombie who's naked and is good looking for a dead person. <laughs> who so, he, so in one movie, hold on, in one movie we have, uh, we have uh, some sort of polyamorous or a swinger or open relationship couple. We have necrophilia. We have circus freak porn. Yeah, pretty That's much, awesome. yes. Um, well, uh, the husband actually says he, he has his zombie to look at, but he does. We see him fuck her, actually. But, but he gets he his in the end. He was looking with his one-eyed snake. He was. She, she, she eats him later. Yeah. Ew. Yeah, it's, it's pretty great. So, um, like, that is comes one around, meme. eats around? That is one <laughs> meme I am not in support of. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love me some zombies, but the whole sexy zombie thing? No. No. Not yeah, it. no. It, the the, to quote, yeah. that kink is not my kink. I get that some people, that's cool for that, but this has become a whole thing. And, like, all the sexualization of Halloween costumes, now there's sexy zombies everywhere. And I'm like, ah, what? you're hot <laughs> and half naked. Just do something else so I can appreciate it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, so that was my internet thingy. I, I thought it was interesting. We were very surprised by it. We just came across it one day. They're, they're both deep throating the mic. Oh, that, that's awesome. And one of them has a gag reflex. <laughs> <laughs> and the other doesn't. So what about you guys? <laughs> uh, you want to go first or want me to go first? Well, you're far more passionate about yours, so I think you should have the longer tangent. So I'll go first. Okay. Um, for several years now, I've been involved with a website called FetLife, which is a wonderful plug for all of you kinky people out there that need a way to socialize and find other kinky people. It's essentially just the Facebook for the Fet community. Uh, now, so I, we were talking about this before we started recording. So I haven't actually been on, because we have a FetLife account, but I haven't been on in like three years, probably, maybe a little bit more. I don't know when that was. But have they cleaned up the interface? Because it was like super confusing last no. time I was on. No, it's still like <laughs> retro still, 1999 internet. It's still kind of MySpacey. <laughs> um, but what you do is it takes a little bit more effort because there isn't a scrolling wall like on Facebook. You just have to go to the groups. Well, there is a scrolling wall. The difference is that you can only go to a certain point. So you can make the status updates and things like that. Oftentimes, I'll end up posting on there the things that aren't quite facebook appropriate so nice. so for those who don't know what fit life is what what is it exactly um it's pretty much just a social networking education based website for kink community so you can often go on and find local groups um like i i recently moved up from a, a different town but we had things like tays or other small groups where you could get together and a lot of the ways you found out about their different meetups, things like that, would be through the FetLife page. Um, Local groups like TNG or Gap or Apex. Just wanted to throw a plug in there. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's there's uh, there's actually uh, I was reading that um, I think somebody posted on Facebook of all places uh, that Arizona is one of like a big hotbed of mm. BDSM. Based yeah. off of like internet sales of gear, yeah. like people like in Arizona consume a lot of fetish. Deem gear. the kinkiest, kinkiest state or something. Yeah. I think yeah. even has this one in her pocket. I was very surprised. Yeah, I actually have quite a few friends that build and completely construct from blueprints up on kinky furniture that That's they're awesome. 
Like, it is awesome. It, it's it's quite amazing. I always love the whole like furniture side of like BDSM. Like, like there's a whole industry of people that make furniture mm. just to play, which is <laughs> which I think is fascinating. Like, I think that's, that's pretty cool. Well, if you want awesome hand done wood furniture by an amazing friend of mine, I would check out Modi's Wood, and that is spelled M O D or M O D I G. Because it's Norse, apparently. Ah, yeah. Um, but Modi's wood. And Sweet. All right, well, we'll have to check that out. And it's always fun when you go to Home Depot as a kinkster. Because you can go and... That uh, sounds good. I'm good from here. Anyway, you can go to the Home Depot as a kinkster, and then you show up at the cash register, and you've got PVC pipe and 12 feet of chain and, bl- and like, belaying rods and soldering wire and um, hooks and the person goes fixing a fence and you look at him and go nope <laughs> what you doing doms are us is personal project <laughs> yeah that's what they call it that's awesome like you know that, the Home Depot is really like I, I, I read another thing where like it was all DIY uh, fetish gear which I thought was really funny like just stuff that you can make yourself and get from Home Depot or from like uh, dollar stores and stuff. So well, that's very yeah. cool. Your turn, love. Oh, I didn't know if you wanted to more in fit life. <laughs> okay, so I'm talking now. Right. <laughs> you should really just—you know—you gotta ask. You can't just push my head down on the thing. God. Anyway, um, so I guess I'll talk about the other thing then. Uh, so the other thing we we're gonna talk that I was gonna talk about was uh, cosplaydeviants.com which is a awesome cosplay porn site. And that's kind of exploded in the last three years, so there's several of those these days. Cosplay Deviance was one of the first ones, and one of the things I love about it is it's more than just the porn. It's more than just really hot ladies taking their clothes off, and they happen to be in costumes. Almost all of the models on Cosplay Deviance are actually cosplayers. Like, they find the site because they're sexy girls who do cosplay, and then one of their friends goes, hey, you should do cosplay deviants. And then they find out, oh, you're going to pay for my costume? I'll get naked for that. Oh, that's and cool. And everybody wins. And it's that one final push that all the fanboys are waiting for. <laughs> right? Like, just go ahead and take out your clothes. Exactly. Plus, m- a lot of the models will actually join into the conversations, because it's a whole forum set up, too. They've got all kinds of threads about everything from video games to role-playing games to movies and stuff, as well as a, a live chat room that the models actually partake in. And they don't get paid for that. They just are actually geeks like everybody else. So, you know, you know you're talking about why you hate, you know, why you think Iron Man is way cooler than Steel, and suddenly, holy shit, those two models right there are engaged in our conversation. I did not realize. I just saw her boobs a moment ago. <laughs> This is awesome! Plus, they, uh, they actually have a card game that you can buy cards for based on picture, some of the better pictures from the shoots. And they have different stats, and you can play this customizable card game IRL with the cards or on the website. They actually have a digital version where you can meet up other players and play this card game using... So you can play the models using cards with their picture on them online, and it's kind of awesome. It is kind of awesome. I am torn by this because I have... I have come out against uh, hum- my my general dislike of cosplayers. See Disjointed Productions episode, I don't know, whatever, where I'm on, talking about cosplay at length. So, like, I have this <laughs> love... So I like cosplayers, like people that do it, like, like 
to do it just for fun. Yeah. Um, I have a big problem with people that do it to sell a picture of themselves to somebody. Like, I have a big problem with them being put on pedestals and being spokespeople for sort of the scene. But um, So I'm torn by my dislike of, like, quote-unquote professional cosplayers and my love of games. So this is this is hurting me a little bit inside. I'm glad I got to hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> but you should check it out. It's I, a, it's a cool site, and you can get some access without buying a membership. Honestly, it's the only porn I pay for on the Internet. Um, and I'll, it's his favorite. And it really is, and it's very softcore, and she laughs at me because she's like, there's not even any fucking going on. That's not porn. In, in fact, I don't think there – are there any male cosplayers oh, no, no, no. There, on Cosplay there, There's male Cosplay Deviants. Now, there's less draw is for them. Is there, like, three? No, there's, like, 30, <laughs> but there's, like, 140 female cosplayers because – here's a little thing. Um, guys really like naked, beautiful women. Also – um, girls really like naked, beautiful women. And it's only a small amount of girls and guys who like naked, beautiful guys. Generally speaking... Oh, a large amount of guys like naked, I'm beautiful guys. I'm talking proportionally. More, I'm saying yeah. proportionally. There's probably more guys who like naked, beautiful guys than there are girls who like naked, yeah. beautiful guys. Right. But together they still make up the overwhelming minority of both subsets here. Which is why there's so many more females. But there are plenty of guys and there's some beautiful men. There is a Cyclops... Uh, there's actually a Cyclops slash Kitty Pride uh, shoot that is really well done. Anyway, <laughs> that's that's what I never thought of. I I've never been a Cyclops kind of guy. Like I get that people like that guy. I just for some reason I always like anything. Anytime he shows up, I'm I tune out. You don't like Cyclops? He's a douche. No, no, for some Cyclops reason. Cyclops isn't. Oh, sorry. I meant Colossus. I apologize. Oh, Colossus Kitty Pride. I actually like Cyclops. We can have that argument yes. on another podcast sometime. But uh, no, this was a Colossus Kitty Pride, so that it made sense for the characters. That's awesome. See, I know, see, I like I like uh, Colossus. He's cool because uh, he's Russian. I always thought that. that yeah, was cool. Piotr. Yes, I always loved that they wrote his little uh, his accent every once in a while. Like throw some apostrophes. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought that was cool. When I was young, that totally impressed me. I was like, "Wow, he's speaking Russian in the comic. It's amazing." I just really wanted to see if Wolverine's claws could actually cut him. When I was a kid, I know now that statistically they can, okay. but you know, when I was a kid, that was the thing. Right. Yeah. No, they could, but it's it's like it's really hard. Anyway, so we we digress. Yeah. Time. No, All right. that's great. So that is cool stuff to look up on the internet. So look up uh, cool cosplay porn and FetLife and all of our cosplay stuff. Cosplay Deviant? Right? CosplayDeviants.com and then FetLife. Is it .com or .org? I think it's .com. .com. And FetLife really is awesome. And it's not just great if you're already a kingster. If you're even just mildly curious, there's groups for people who are just starting out. It's also one of the cleaner kink meetup websites. So if you were looking at, say, Collar Me where it's just kind of a meat market and everyone wants you to move states so they can keep you in their basement. Um, none of that really happens on FetLife. It's clean, it's educational-based, and you We've can create some good friendships. several people actually recommend that one to us. And, and they actually filter for, for porn bots. Oh. So you don't have the whore bots that you do on other social media sites. Oh, yes. well, that's good. Yeah. That it's actually, also a great source for porn. There's it is quite, still a good source for porn, and porn for the people you know, which is great. <laughs> it's porn of people I know, which would exactly. be even better. <laughs> so, yeah, so this is where we're going to talk about uh, Ray and Drake's background. Like, we're going to establish their geek cred, which, which we come to find out during our, our little pause there that uh, uh, Ray has a little bit more of a pedigree than she realizes. Uh, apparently getting into 
we're getting roped into working small conventions in and around the Tucson area from the age of 16 is some serious gig cred. Used to be in high school, I was the only goth kid, so I hung out with everyone, and mainly the computer crowd. And you know, 90 guys, two girls, they kind of kept us around so they knew what boobs looked like. Um, and so that's, that's how I became an honorary geek, my computer club card and everything. I think I got halfway through figuring out what each of the slots on a motherboard was for before I gave up. So um, there's a bit more. So not only have you been doing um, conventions, but what else have you been doing? Hell if I know. <laughs> it's only my life. It's not like I'm living it or anything. Well, have you ever made a costume? Oh, okay. You want me to talk about my cosplay stuff? Oh, yes. Talk about that. But, well, you wonder why this one likes me. Had to have been because of the cosplay stuff. What was the first costume you saw me wearing? Uh, the first costume I remember you wearing was actually a Darkon. Mm-hmm. But... And what was it? Oh, it was... Uh, it's Darkon, so it would have been a steampunk costume. Yeah, with the wireframe thingy. Yeah, I uh, had a sizable bustle to impress the young gentleman. And <laughs> then I, I made a... Uh, Kind of uh, a wire encasement to go over the bustle. Actually, won third. Was, I won third place. It on was th awesome. Her whole costume was badass, but she had a wireframe outside her bustle, and that was just friggin' awesome. That's awesome. I I lost to two gigantic steampunk guns. I wasn't gonna argue. <laughs> Most recently, I did a Raven cosplay from Teen Titans Yay. that came off killer. Uh, it it needs great. to be tweaked a little bit before it's ready for convention. It was but. so hot. Uh -huh. So did you guys do it with that on? Actually, we couldn't. There was too many layers to our raven costume. Uh. Yeah, leotards and stockings and more stockings. Her mouth was available, wasn't it? Not that I didn't want to. God in heaven. <laughs> Well, you were also stuck in your leather pants from your era I costume. I always, but I wear leather pants every chance I get. A gentleman is never stuck in his leather pants. I just <laughs> want to point that out. A gentleman chooses to be yes. in his leather pants. Given he likes his leather pants tight, so he was speaking a little bit in a higher pitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's not like you've ever read any books or, you know, done anything online or anything like that. Wait a minute, you, know you read too? You read? What? You can read. I know. It's almost like I'm uh, going to school to get my master's in library science. Future <laughs> oh, wow. crazy librarian sitting oh, right here. Sexy librarian. There's a whole different thing going on. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> so Did you know somewhere around 75% of library workers have had some sort of sexual activity within the stacks? That's lower nice. than I would have guessed, actually. <laughs> like, I'm have, sure it's have higher. Have you seen some of the newer libraries? There's light everywhere. Yeah, there, there ain't no fucking privacy. That's true. But I still, I mean... After I, hours? Yeah. Absolutely. University libraries are really the way, way to go for that because you can go back in the compact mm. shelving where no one's going to be looking in the fucking government docs cool. for at least 24 hours. That's awesome. If only you New had goal. voiced a character in a popular video game, then it would just cinch the deal. Ah, I forgot about that. So... Uh, <laughs> Uh, another plug here, a friend of mine um, from Radiant Helix Media created a DLC contact, or content for 
the computer version of Fallout New Vegas, of which I voice about half oh. to three quarters of all of the female voice leads. Oh, wow. Um, it is also, uh, last I saw the statistic on it, um, it was voted 60th out of like 20,000 um, fan made DLC. Packages. Packages ever made. Yeah, it was not voted just 60. for Fallout New Vegas, but like all, all fan made download content. This was the 60th most popular. Wow, wow. That's, that's cool. Yeah, and most well done. So uh, a lot of the people who reviewed it forgot that it was actually fan made DLC. Wow. That's pretty mm-hmm. awesome. All right, my turn. I was born a poor black boy on the bayou, <laughs> nine alt sanded two. Is that not going to work? He took a Michael Jackson from there and turned ah, white. It's true. <laughs> I, wow. I, ate, I ate a whole bunch of bars of soap when I was five, and I turned into <laughs> one of you Caucasian people. <laughs> but I your cock actually I is still black. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> no, um, hi, I'm Drake. I um, like to talk a lot. Um, I we did, hadn't noticed. Yes. I did theater in Chicago and New York and L.A. and stuff for a while. You know, it's no big. Um that's awesome. Because there's never any, like, kinky, weird shit going on with no. theater people. <laughs> no. Oh no. Oh, God. No. Um, I actually did theater in uh, town for uh, a while there, which which is how I knew before anyone else did that Phoenix was the kinky place to be. It was from theater people? Oh, yeah. Who yeah. would have thought? You're like, oh, how old are you? 18? 18? 18? No, I'm not. I'm 16. We're doing children's theater. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Anyway, uh, <laughs> but it was a fun time. Um, I've got a little, I dabble in the geek, you know, the geekery. I got my fingers mm. in a lot of pies, so mm. to speak. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yes. He, he handmade his Thor costume. I did handmade oh, my Thor I did see that, and it was very yeah. awesome. I had, to, I had to use a Dremel. I was very happy. <laughs> I got to use a Dremel. There's power tools involved. Power tools involved in a Thor costume is awesome. Mm. I've... Uh, you, you should describe your uh, masculine cosplay standards, as in oh. never learning how to sew. This is very important. <laughs> um, and this came to a, a head when I made my Jedi costume the first time. Because I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to really go all out and make a really good costume for Halloween this year and for con. But I'm going to do it in a manly way. So I did it with a Bowie knife. <laughs> and leather strips and rivets. So you went like Rambo style, like yes. basically like. I was like, I'm gonna steal this Muslim and I'm gonna murder the hell out of it, <laughs> and then I'm gonna stick it together with duct tape and metal rivets and a hammer. That was <laughs> like that, well, that was a Sylvester Stallone way of like making a disguise in First Blood. Remember, yeah. he's like he's in Washington. He just cuts a piece of canvas and a rope, and he was done. Uh, I gotta make myself disguise. <laughs> it's gonna look like an Arab, right? Yeah. Which is the most testosterone way of doing things. It really is. When you grab fabric and a knife and you just lay into that shit and you're just tearing it up, and the whole time in your head there's 80s power ballads going. (laughs) It's pretty awesome. I would have done it, but I would have been more like, I would have been done the the Sylvester Stallone, the, the... the Rambo grunting because like every little thing <laughs> like if Rambo moves a box he grunts like <gasps> like it's a shoebox <gasps> <gasps> like yeah. Yeah, I would have done that the entire time you ever imagine I've what watched it, him costume that's is pretty, blood, accurate. pretty accurate <laughs> is it? though he intermixes his manly grunts with singing Broadway music <laughs> hey there is <laughs> I'm gonna drink my beer 
Gene Kelly was a badass, all right? And he would kick anyone's fucking ass in a heartbeat and then stand up and dance like a motherfucker and, and tap sing. tap dance delightfully. He would tap dance delightfully and then sing Red Astaire out of the damn room. And he was a badass. Sure, we'll go with that. So Gene Kelly's kind of my hero. Um, <laughs> so it's, yeah, so costuming and theater is a big thing for me. Um, um, so it would be, you know, uh, little things like video games and comic books. Um, I actually was the uh, state Smash Brothers champion for a very brief period there. Um, 12 oh. minutes. It turns over quickly, okay? <laughs> uh, let's but for see. those 12 minutes, I was king of the world. The funny thing is I actually took classes in college for voiceover work, mm -hmm. and then I haven't done any. <laughs> yet really? This lady, she's like, yeah, sure, I'll do some voiceover work for you. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> um, let's see. It's all about who you know. That's true. It is about who you know. Um, and I have boobs, so I know more people than you. Start your own I mystery science that. thing. I genuinely doubt that you know more people than me. But Ooh. I do not doubt that you have boobs. Oh. I do Eat not off. doubt at all that you have. Wait, I doubt you have boobs. Prove it. <laughs> yes. I changed my I think my you argument. should show us your boobs right now. <laughs> They're really lovely, honestly. This is great. So, so she's unbuttoning her shirt as yep, we speak. She is. That's lovely. It's going to be more difficult than expected. She's doing the mandatory uh, 70s music. And she's just rubbing. Uh, and, wow. the and their and, peers. And their uh, those are beautiful. And gorgeous. I will they tell you amazing. that they are awesome. I wish you could see them. But yeah. you can't because you're just listening. Welcome to podcasting where <laughs> you can't see <laughs> awesome boobs. Mismatched. Um, Mismatched piercings. Nipple jewelry. At least they're both the same style right now. <laughs> <laughs> but not the same color. All right. So let's I, see. I used to have one horseshoe and then one barbell. And then uh, a friend of ours, uh, Luna, went... Wow, it's like you have positive and negative on a battery. <laughs> and I just, I couldn't Don't do it. anything. I, I didn't want her to get any awkward ideas <laughs> with any jumper cables, no. obviously. No. Although that is some people's kink. Yes. Um, Not mine. <laughs> Not mine either. Let's see. Uh, so, yeah, so video games, comic books. The violet wands, very much yes. Yes, sex. I want to try sex those. Geek, so that's true. Yeah, we violet, have. Yes. Violet wands are awesome, by the way. And especially as, like, from a nerd standpoint, when you start going over the math of why it works and how it works, and you can think about the ohms. <laughs> Just be very, very a lot of careful ohms that make <laughs> with insertable electric toys. Sometimes as a woman they work fantastically, but if you're like me and you keep on turning up the button expecting <laughs> the potential for something horribly oh, wrong seems it, like it's oh yeah because it was the uh, first time I had acquired this toy and I was letting my partner drive it because <laughs> you know we got it together. It's the polite thing to do to offer to yeah, and so I had the electricity controls. And uh, so I'm turning it up because, you know, if, if you hold it in your hand, you feel your hand clench and like you're expecting to feel that internally. I'm like, is this thing not working? So I keep on turning it up and up and up. All, all of a sudden, the, the TENS unit is all the way turned up and he takes it out and he goes to reinsert it, you know, doing the oh. nice swipey motion. I got tased in the oh. clip. I was curled <laughs> in a ball oh, crying. For like ten minutes, I am. I still have this metallic dildo, and I'm still scared of it. No matter if it is plugged into anything or not, I just kind of look at it and I quiver. I'm simultaneously amused and aroused. I, I don't know how I feel. Right I have now. that effect on people. Yes, yes. Did we describe what a violet wand is? Because I did not know this oh, until this is like a year ago. 
Um, a violet wand is essentially a portable, kinky Tesla coil where you can zap <laughs> the people you're with. You can either um, use a contact pad on either you or your partner, which allows you to use other metal implements. Um, what's the little, the Mortenberg wheel? Is that what it's called? Like, you can roll a little metal spur stick on right. people, and it's fantastic. It has different attachments to the, to the yeah. front of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is, it creates a controllable current, and you can control not only the volts, but the amps on the current. And then you can have it run through your body or through the devices. And it's called a violet wand because the original uh, attachment, when it first came out, was wand-shaped. Well, wasn't it originally one of those quack medical devices yes. used yeah. to, like, regrow hair from baldness? Apparently, it's good for... Removing scars on skin. We have a friend that has it, and she says it works. Like she, she uses it, and it, it reduces how well, the, how much the scar appears. I don't know, but this same person um, let me use it, or she used it on me just briefly. She just wanted to show it to me, and I said, "Zap me with it. Zap my nipple with it." Well, I, I think that maybe you should probably be in the act, like have some endorphins and some adrenaline going a little bit, well, not just be like, like "Here's gonna... my tit," and then be like. Yeah, you don't, that, you don't, that, you don't start on the nipple with that nonsense. Well, yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> well, um, there's there's this really fun story. So in in Tucson, there's a uh, a dungeon slash kink club um, called Desert Dominion, and I decided to do my first rope suspension and my first violet wand play at the same time. Oh, same no. time, people. Same time. Same time, and. This is how I discovered that the only time I am ticklish <laughs> is when the appropriate amount of electricity is applied to my ass crack. Ah. <laughs> ticklish in the ass region. <laughs> You're all tied up and you can't move. Only electricity. Do yes. you remember what the appropriate amount of electricity is? You know, just for science. Uh, for, for science! <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, do yeah. you? Not, I wasn't controlling the violent <laughs> one. So then that's the important thing, is you don't remember, so we have to figure this out. Experiments uh, okay. need to happen. Oh, yes. yes. I pictures. did it in the name of science! So I kind of want to build a violent one, because it doesn't take all that much, you know? You get, you get a cat. You get as a, long as you yeah. test it on you first. That has been recorded, ladies and gentlemen. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let it be entered into the record that uh, on this day... That this was approved... Uh, for me to create a violent one, as long as I test it on myself first. I got no problem with that. You've seen me electrocuted, literally, just recently. <laughs> it's not my fault you stuck your finger in the light socket while changing the light bulb with the switch on. No, no, it's not. I'm just saying, you know, I can take the juice itself. Which, which kind of brings us so, both of you were sort of exposed to, well, to theater and to, like, cons and things like that. Like, when did you guys start discovering that you weren't quite on the vanilla side of things. Um, we actually want to talk a little bit more about comics. Oh, that that's cool, because comics aren't vanilla. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Okay, um, because, like, come on, nobody who runs around in their underwear all the time has normal sex. Oh, so. yeah, a grown man in a rubber suit riding around with a little boy? No, the outsider's view on that is that they don't have sex at all. And that is not the case, as we're trying to prove to people. That, that comic book characters don't have sex? Comic book people. fans and oh. people who dress oh, up. Oh, hell no. Okay. Uh, I've, I've found that actually every nerd that I know is more open to as many situations as they can. I, I remember there was the, the nerd corner, which I hung out in at my community college back in the day. 
And, you know, at, at points I decide to take inappropriate surveys, like <laughs> what percentage are, are circumcised versus not. Um, <laughs> and, you know, what would you have interactions with same gender? And I believe that uh, in the socialization of the nerd process, especially since it's only recently that female nerds have started really coming out of the, the girl nerd closet and really kind of owning that we're allowed to be awesome, nerdy, fantastic people too. Now that it's cooler, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> and Viewed as cooler. But especially a lot of the male nerds are more willing to experiment with other guys because they find them easier to communicate with and because you know women are intimidating especially when your entire group only has two for 30 guys yeah, like mm -hmm. competition is fierce at that point uh -huh. so there's a much more fluid concept of sexuality within nerd culture overall because i love that so we have our theories of, of why that is, but what, what's yours? Why do you think that is? Sociology! Yes. All right, so here we go, baby. American masculine hege... I'm oh, sorry. American masculine hegemony. When you are not a nerd, when you are in the dominant culture, you have to maintain the rigid structure of that dominant culture, which does not allow for sexual experimentation or even personal experimentation, because you have to maintain the rigid rules of that culture that you are supporting mm -hmm. and supported by. Uh, uh Queek, or queek. 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 Queek interlude here. Um, so those guys, they their sexuality is much more rigid, eh? Yes. Whereas those those ladies, their sexuality is usually a bit more fluid. <laughs> <laughs> I love this woman and her puns. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Uh, so anyway, uh, the basic point is when... <laughs> No, hell no. That was awesome. No, that's Do statement. not, under any circumstances, <laughs> cut that. Um, so, so the guys who have their formative years being within the dominant culture, the non-geeks, who are grow up told you have to act like this to be on top. You're acting like this, you're on top. Yeah. If you do anything but this, then you're not on top anymore. And end up licking women's shoes and told that they're nothing because well, really that's what they've wanted their entire life. In their 40s, they do that. But for the formative <laughs> years they don't feel it's okay to do anything other than what they're supposed to do in the first place. So it never even occurs to them that they should try something different because anything other than what I know is the way that you win is wrong and bad and horrible and should get punched in the face. That's how I grew up. Exactly. And geeks are on the other end of that to begin with. They just never understood the social construct yeah, to begin they, with, so they just kind of create their own. Either the social construct kicked them out or they didn't get it to begin with. So the whole idea that I shouldn't try something different is less likely to occur to geek people. And geek culture generally is like, hey, we're the we're the weird trot upon people in the first place. We're not gonna say, no, how dare you try that? We're gonna be like, all right, we get shit on for the stuff we like all the time. I'm not gonna shit on you because you like something different. Or, generally or even, speaking. Or even just have a different gender or sexuality construct within the nerd geek convention. Uh, dynamic we actually have quite a few transgender transsexual um bisexual any any combination pansexual. of pansexual in fact pansexual is probably one of the most common if i like you i like you mm -hmm. um is my courage description what courage wolf <laughs> if it's pretty fuck it 
Does, does no one? Do you really not know this? This is a thing. It's an internet meme, if you've no, not I, heard I of it. I know Courage Wolf. I, just, uh, <laughs> I don't know memes very much. Oh, no. Sorry, that was a that was a dangerous can of worms you to open. You lost me on that one. <laughs> a dangerous can of worms to open. We kind of have an anthropology background um, between the two of us with a fair amount of discussion on gender roles in society. Um. <laughs> but of which it's really amazing how accepting geek nerd culture is to accepting alternative sexualities and gender. I have something, unless you want to go ahead. All right, I have a friend who just started coming to the parties that we go to, and um, I went to school with him and high school with him, and um, I believe Drake has met him, and maybe Ray, I'm not sure, but um, he has come to a couple of parties, and um, he was actually like, I had a little crush on him in high school, um, and we didn't talk all that much. I was, I was just very quiet during school, and I wasn't popular at all, but um, we got in touch when we all started using Facebook and everything, and just recently, I started telling him about um, the scene that I'm in with the geeks and the kink, because um, he, he was like a closet geek most of his life he was in um, sports and everything he had to hide his geek side and a lot of his kink side he's apparently very kinky but a lot of the stuff that he likes he can't really talk to most of his friends about and he can't talk about comics and things like that with his friends because they won't accept it i'd imagine like if you're throwing on a football the conversation doesn't go around like so i really like to get beat about my ass and balls every once in a while like i don't think that's like a normal conversation in a perfect world well no and like so that's that's totally understandable because... i thought that's why people joined football teams yeah but you don't talk about it is that's why i said it happens in their 40s <laughs> so the, the exciting thing of that the, the reason i brought that up was because um in in high school, I was the one that was trying to get into that group, that, um, the popular athletes to be a popular and everything. Kid? I, I did. I even dated a, a quarterback at one point for like a week, but he was very boring. But um, <laughs> I now find myself introducing him to all these people who are awesome and have way better parties than what I hear from the other side now, who don't even go to parties most of the time, have like a gazillion kids and are incredibly unhappy. And so that was exciting to me to have that flip around for me being the person introducing oh, people. Oh, how the tables have turned. Yes. I know that's really petty, but it was exciting for me. No, it's, no. it's a big deal. Go ahead, Jim. No, no, it's, I think that's very cool, and that that um, that kind of speaks to the culture that we have. Is that that there's a lot of people. I mean, when we started doing, when we wanted to do this, I and mean, we have a lot of friends that uh, that don't have uh, sort of vanilla relationships. They don't have your plain Jane relationships. Everyone's a little bit different. Um, how would you guys describe y your relationship? Definitely happy. We have a really good <laughs> communication base. Well, you've got to categorize it. I mean, like, clearly you're happy. Like, you well, can. Well, <laughs> right now, we're monogamous. Drake was previously in an open marriage, which is how we got to know each other. And he was more of the polysexual variety, which is the no emotional attachment. You can have all the partners you want, just everyone gets approval. Sex friends. Sex friends. Sex friends. Yay. Whereas I'm more of the polyamorous variety. I much prefer, which is also a much more female trait. Much, many more women prefer to have more of an emotional attachment when they're going to sleep with someone. And that's just a, a noticeable preference. There's nothing right or wrong about either side. 
Um, I'm, in fact, in full support of his polysexuality. I just don't operate on the same level. So we're waiting for a point in our relationship where we can come to a good middle ground, have a really firm foundation of trust before we start opening up, especially like, because polyamorous is potentially a lot more dangerous to right. a monogamous relationship, yep. an emotionally monogamous relationship right. than polysexual. And so we have to find the even keel point between those two. Exactly. So that you know, we can both be comfortable with the kind of things we're doing. Because I generally have to know someone for quite some time before I'm like, yeah, let's totally, like, <laughs> kick it in the sack. Let's go. And it, it's way hotter Is if it? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. It's way hotter if I do. Um, having sex with your friends who you haven't had sex with but have known for a really long time, dude. It's very enjoyable. It is very cool, yeah. And, and that was one of the things that I was kind of getting at is, like, you guys have um, – this really great relationship, and you know, currently it's it's monogamous. But you both come from similar backgrounds, mm. like not different spins on sort of the same ideal. Yeah, which is well, really interesting. Neither of us would count for standard vanilla monogamous relationships yeah. in a, any sense of the. Concept. That's what I was going to bring up was just because you aren't um, having multiple partners right now, or even if you don't ever decide to, um, doesn't mean you're vanilla. That's for sure. <laughs> um, I don't so think I'm capable of. Vanilla. Honestly, yeah. I'd get bored so fast. So I like vanilla. It tastes delicious off of nipples. I want to know what your guys' definition of vanilla is, because we've had a hard time kind of really making a solid definition of vanilla. I, I think far fewer people are in the vanilla category than we want to realize, um, especially with the prolific nature of the monstrosity that was the Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh. Um, My sister which, started which reading is, that. Which is the worst example from from what I've had relayed to me. It's, it is an abusive relationship. It is That's not, bad kink. It is bad kink. It's <laughs> not consensual um, from what I've had described to me. I have not read it myself. Well, I think I think just the opposite. I think that the, like Fifty Shades of Grey stuff like does so I was saying that, like, I think that um, I was saying that 50, I thought Fifty Shades of Grey kind of shows more of a how many people are vanilla because they do consider that kink when, you know, everything that I've heard about it says the opposite, that it's not. It's sort of like somebody who doesn't know wrote a story based on what they thought it was. Well, and, and so that, that's the impression I, I take away from the book. I haven't read it. No, it is it is kink. It's just bad kink. It's not that it doesn't accomplish being kinky. It's very kinky. It just it breaks the rules of, of what, well, at least I and most of the people I know would consider good kinkiness. Which, which is generally um, used in the phrase safe, sane, and consensual. And as far as I know, the book at least breaks two of those at any given point. Um, and, but when it comes to the book, I think there's an inherent desire in a lot of the population to be more sexually open, but they've been taught how not to be their entire lives. Yeah. It's really hard to break out of. Yeah, and I, and I think there's there's a vast more amount of people who will read it and kind of get off on it that, that way than actually do it. Just like, you know, people have like these fantasies of having like threesomes, but like when it comes down to it, they, they really don't do it. So... Well... A lot of guys would love to have threesomes and never get the opportunity 
Shut up, Drake. <laughs> I didn't. I said nothing. <laughs> he was looking all cocky because he had more threesomes than, you know, any guy could honestly wish for. That's not true. I know at least three guys who've had way more threesomes than I have. At How least. many guys do you know? Quite a few. Yeah, that shit's a lot harder than um, you think it, it is. It takes effort. There's a lot of work involved. And I've had bad threesomes, and those suck. You just want to hide your head in shame. <laughs> But, I mean, it's the same thing where, like, I think more people like the idea of it than actually go ahead and do it for whatever reason. Like, you know, they're, they're not comfortable with it or they think they really want to do it. And when it comes down to the moment, they sort of, skid, you know, get it's skittish. Start to push yourself past that point where you're like, okay, I shouldn't do this. Or, oh, I really want to do this. But then, unless you have, like, a partner like you who's like, let's fucking do this, <laughs> uh, it's really hard. Well, I think that kind of goes back to, you know, what we were talking about that like there's a much more openness in sort of the nerd and geek community mm-hmm. to experiment and try things that are not the norm you already like a bunch of shit that is not the norm so why not you know do this too that actually speaks to what you asked earlier about the definition of vanilla mm-hmm. i think that at least for me the definition of vanilla is when you when you allow the fear of what you think society would approve of to dictate what you allow yourself to experience. Now, there's a very important distinction there. Not fear of what you want harming yourself or others, Mm -hmm. not fear of the thrill itself, but fear of what you think society would approve of make that decision, I can't do this because that's not what you're supposed to do. That, I think, is what I would hold as the definition of vanilla. And that might change from one reason to another, Mm -hmm. from one region to another, or one time period to another. But I, I would strongly hold that as a definition of vanilla. That's very when you good. Move away from vanilla. It's because you're saying, you know what? I don't care if Joe next door would not do this or approve of it. I think it's awesome. Lick that peanut butter. You and know? that's why I think uh, geeks and nerds or whatever are much better at being kinky. I think. I mean, I don't know about better. I think they're better. Uh, it's because I'm, they already want. They already don't seek approval from mm. society because they're already kind of outcasted. At least most people are. And. Honestly, I think a lot of it has to do with we don't have the prejudice against trying new things. And a lot of that is because, you know, we believe in science. <laughs> <laughs> and, and science proves that, you know, if someone smacks your ass, you get endorphins. Uh, they, oh. These things that I do to you, I do in the name of science. <laughs> yeah. And That's going to be fun. So, I mean, there, there has been a lot of research on or, well, maybe not a lot, but there has been research on the kink community and, you know, masochists and sadists, and they all get endorphin rushes, but uh, from from whatever they're they're doing. And when when you look at it from the perspective of no one's getting hurt, there's chemical enjoyment coming from this that can be proven. Mm-hmm. Um, then why shouldn't we be able to pursue these different means of arousal? Because God doesn't want us to. Because baby Jesus would cry. Well, you know, if God didn't want us to enjoy it, then he shouldn't have given us the parts. (laughs) Correct. And he shouldn't have had that awesome scene where you're tied to a cross and getting whipped. (laughs) (laughs) And human Look bodies up. are essentially giant Ikeas. Like, you just kind of, like, okay, where can I put this screw, and how can I get this together? Look up St. Andrew's Cross, everybody. Yes. <laughs> I do have to say, though, as far as um, 
science and like I want to do a whole another episode about religious people and coming out of that or people who are religious and still very kinky and I haven't met very many I mean but at one but the time the ones who do are dirty as fuck we were trolling Craigslist or something <laughs> and, uh, we ran into a couple that was like full on way Mormon they were looking for another Mormon couple to swing with to have kinky sex with. And I was like, um, isn't that against your religion? And they're like, no, they're supposed to stay out of her bedroom and blah, blah, blah. It was this really long rant because I was I was still new into swinging and, and doing kinky things. And so when I saw this, I was like, no, I just got out of this religion. This is not correct. And so I, I really want to know how people who are very religious uh, go about this. Um, I think there's a lot of bending of what they've I been I would imagine. Told. Uh, One of the benefits to having your religion based on a text is you can find shit in that text. Right. Essentially, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll rules lawyer your way into like whatever exactly. you want. So. You can say, no, 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 no. The definition of a reasonable amount of time before you have to accept that I've won that combat is 2.6 seconds. 2.6 seconds is not defined as a European second. <laughs> And, and I guess it has to do with your leaders as well, because my leader, my bishop, told me I was not doing things correctly. In fact, he told me there was one way to have sex in the bedroom, which he was not supposed to be able to say to in me. In the butt. Did he show you that way? <laughs> no, he was horrified after asking me how I have sex. <laughs> anyway. Show me on the Care Bear where the priest touched you. As he was excommunicating me for my second time. So in a, in a funny twist, as much as I, I get uncomfortable talking about religion and sex, there's a nifty <laughs> connection here between religion and sex and geekery in that back in high school, the local, again, sorry guys, Baptist church was pimping out its young ladies to get more people to go to the church again. Oh, that's great. The local Mormon and Baptist churches in this city do this all the damn time, by the way. And... I went to the church because I really wanted to have sex with one of these girls. <laughs> and um, while I was at this... because well, the Catholics got that cornered with that little schoolgirl, you know. Yeah, so the, the Baptists really got to do something to catch yeah. up. So they really got to pimp them hoes. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so I went to the church. I'm in the choir. I'm having fun singing in the choir with the sexy ladies and everything. And then she says, hey, can you come talk to me in this room? So I come talk to her. And she asked me about what I was doing with my friends on these weeknights when I was playing Dungeons and Dragons, oh, by the, the way. Evil oh, and I told her, and she said, hang on a second. I got somebody who wants to talk to you about that. And they brought in, like, one of the pastors. And this was at a mega church. Oh, this is at one of these, like, 25,000 people churches. Wait, what year was this? Because, like, this... It was, this was the mid-'90s. Was it? Because, like, by that time, that was already... I thought that was already done. In no, 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 no. It wasn't done yet. So he came to explain to me why it was so bad that I was evoking these demons by simply speaking about That's spells amazing. in a book. And I said... I asked him, I was like, are, are you serious? Come on now. I, no, it's no, no. made up gibberish. No, no, no. Come on, come on. No, no. Really? No, no. Really? Are you serious? Are and you he was, fucking with me? He was dead fucking serious. That and I'm like, amazing. I am 15, and I know that that is ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know much, but. So that was a nifty connection of me wanting to sleep with this young girl leading to me having a geek conversation with a priest who tried to tell me I, I, that I needed to burn So how did that end? Did you end up fucking her or not? Um, does fingering in the parking lot count? Close enough. Close, right, close that's enough. Good. That's good. Good. But it, was, it wasn't he the was church 15. parking that's lot. Oh, it it wasn't the church parking uh, lot. No, good. no, that's still good. Still good. I still count uh, that. I still it, it, was, it, was, it was actually a different girl. It was, it was <laughs> it's one I met in the choir at the church. Oh, well, see there. Still good. Yep, still good. It was a win. It just took a while. 
so we were talking about um, sort of was it safe, sane, and consensual? Yes. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that, that's very interesting is that um, that impressed Tasha was at, at one of the first times that we that we met you. We were at a party and you had on your wall clearly listed like rules of conduct, like sort of a code of conduct for your house. So uh, I don't know if you remember what you had on yeah. there. I think family sex, friendly so. until 10. Well, yeah, it was, I'm, um, well, to be, you know, in full disclosure, I'm 72 years old. Sweet. So I've been doing these parties for a very long time. You're very and young looking. Thank you. It's the formaldehyde. Um, <laughs> one of the things that was discovered was that, you know, if I'm going to be older and I'm going to have the kind of parties you have in the high school to college verge where people get drunk and naked and things happen, I want rules because I want people to be able to have the freedom to engage their personal sexuality without being afraid of doing so. Mm -hmm. And that turned out to take a lot more discussion and effort than anticipated. And one of the things that helped was having known rules of conduct. That you step into my house, certain things happen. You know, It's kid friendly until a certain amount of time. And after that point, you should probably take your kids and go. Um, and the better social groups that you know we engage in. Or lock them in the car. Oh, yeah, as long as they're not in the house. Just, what? You can lock your kids in the car. Oh, yeah. You crack well, a window. Crack the window. Further away. But uh, there's, there's several basic rules. Like if, if someone touches you and you don't want them to, you say so. If they don't leave you alone, you get someone else. And if you touch someone and they say stop, you stop. You shouldn't have to say this, but you do. Unfortunately. You really do. And by having that stated and printed and out in public and, and up front, this has been stated that when they come into the house and you see that the people of the house have taken the time to make this known to the public, it lets you know that you're in a safer position in the first place. But also, at the same time, instead of saying the don'ts, you all, we also had several good things on the, the list. Like, yeah, so tell uh, us what's on this list. Like we, we had the cuddle room, which yes. is a, a nice, safe, designated area for if people wanted to wander off during a party and, and you know, cuddle? get a little bit more intimate in whichever fashion they I had prefer. I had to prefer. be explained that it was not just for cuddling, which I was very excited to find out. Yes, yeah. it was for, you know, more nudity. Yeah, and but it also allowed for a very sex positive environment. Mm -hmm. um, we keep condoms on hand in case anyone gets some surprise sex that they weren't, <laughs> weren't expecting. Um, so, but we don't have any shame in that. So no. we still have our limits of, you need to make sure that everything's consensual, mm -hmm. but we're not going to shun you from going into a room and having sex, just make sure to share some space on the bed in case someone else wants to do the same. Which is just courteous. That's it is. Well, well in a two-bedroom apartment. And then things like, if you're not enjoying a conversation that's happening, you sh might just want to leave. There's room. Don't leave the party. Just go into another room. The simple statement of, if you don't enjoy where the conversation is going and it's making you uncomfortable, find another conversation. There's people to talk to. If one person is making multiple people call uncomfortable, maybe you should let the people running the party know. And the fact that you state these things out loud so that when it happens, you can talk to the people and say, hey, this is happening, let's just separate this real quick. And then it doesn't become a huge thing. Yeah, it's very, it's very comforting to have something there to refer to and known so it's not like 
you're not the only one thinking, oh God, I'm gonna just be stuck in this conversation or I have to go in this room or whatever. In fact, love the fact that there is a designated cuddle room. Like we've been to several play parties um, where it's just all taken over and that's just great. I mean, but for me, like I have to warm up a little bit to people. And so having a, an area where it's just hanging out maybe gaming or just drinking or whatever and not being overrun with just people fucking everywhere, which I say is great, but like people have to ease into it. So a cuddle room is awesome because those who have come to this party and may have lost the courage or may have never wanted to play or not to that point yet is awesome. You you have a place where you can do that and you have a place where you can stay away from that. Mm -hmm. And also by having the list of what might be happening at a certain time, it allows the people who might be more vanilla and might not be okay with certain things going on at a party, it allows them an out as well because mm -hmm. they know that yeah. After ten o'clock, boobs will happen. Boobs. Yes, um, and before and ten o'clock, no boobs. Boobs aren't going to happen. So you can come, you can drink, you can hang out and dance, and then if you don't want to see that, you can leave. There's also frequently we've um, cordoned off parts of the apartment, you know, not just the cuddle room, but you know, after a certain time outside the cuddle room, nudity might happen. But we'll likely say something along the lines of, "But not in this bedroom," or "No nudity on the on the patio." So that if you do want to stay, but you want to get away, you can. You can just step outside and be like, I'm on the patio now. I don't have to worry about dealing with this. I mean, several lifestylers and people who throw parties in, in our lifestyle um, could learn from this so much. Like, I am very uncomfortable with, there's just like a play party or a meet and greet. And, and usually it's at a loud bar. And for these kind of parties, it's perfect because you're meeting and greeting people and you're not feeling pressure to do something, but you have the option. Mm -hmm. Which is something that I really took from Mission Control when I got to visit them in San Francisco. Um, Michigan, Mission Control is a fantastic venue. They host all sorts of sex positive events, including kink, including swinger. They have the full gamut. They even have sensual sex positive events for monogamous couples, where you can go and cool. just be around other monogamous couples. and. They are are very much like if you're not comfortable with something, don't do it. But if you have a connection with someone, there's this space in the back where you can go or there's these people you can talk to. And they have even people working the doors and making sure that everything's consensual and walking the rooms and basic maintaining of the environment, which I don't know how often that happens at the swingers clubs, but um, I really appreciated that it was monitored and that there were designated people where if you felt uncomfortable, you can go up to someone or uh, if you felt comfortable with someone, you could like just get involved. It was the best New Year's of my life. I was part of like a seven way makeout session on the dance floor when the, the bell struck midnight. Mm -hmm. It was nice. fantastic. That's cool. No, well, with, uh, with lifestyle parties, usually, I mean, it's invite only, so you already know everyone who, or you don't know everyone who's going, but, but it's it's already kind of a selected group. and There are designated people that you kind of know are the party heads, hosts, yeah. and, and you can go to them, but usually in our um, experience, those guys are usually very busy, Yeah, <laughs> which is great for them, but it can be kind of like overwhelming, but it, 
you're invited to one of those kind of parties, um, and I'm not saying the clubs, to the parties, mm -hmm. you kind of know what you're getting into, and you can always leave if you're uncomfortable. And there usually is a section where not stuff isn't happening, but it's not to the extent of like parties. And the clubs, though, the clubs, the swinger clubs are a much more, um, they're watched a lot better. There are people around where you could go, and there are rooms designated for certain things, and they're always keeping an eye on people, so. Mm -hmm. Oh, they actually have cameras in most of the gig clubs. Oh. Mm -hmm. They watch for safety's sake. That's one of the things when you sign the uh, the agreement at the beginning. Is that just at Apex or? No, no, I mean, I mean the actual sex clubs. Like oh, we, okay. we have swingers we clubs, like where you pay and you have a membership fee. Um, I've never been to Discretions. He has. I have never signed anything for Encounters, which is probably like you the most ghetto one. You didn't sign for Encounters? No. We signed oh, that receipt. Wait, no, that's right. Encounters yeah. is more. But a, you got just a shot pipe. first, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, they used to make ladies. you. They used to make you sign a disclaimer when you would go in, and one of the things that you were agreeing to was that they were, you know, they had a closer camera for security purposes. Mm -hmm. So, because they did have enclosed rooms, with strangers potentially hooking up with each other on their property, it's really dangerous not to, you know, because something could happen and one person leaves. Oh, the other one's dead in the freaking room. Did anyone see this? No, of course not. It was a private room. So, a lot of them will still have that. Well, I'm not sure if they have in encounters um, the closed circuit um, cameras, but I know that they come around and knock, and they, you can hear what's going on in all the rooms. Yeah. And so like, and there's a person that's sitting there at yeah, the, a person hall, at the hall, so they can hall, hear yeah. like everything. And they have like huge gorilla security guards. So we just want to make so. sure that any of our friends who are listening to this uh, still feel relatively safe to go to encounters because we enjoy it. It's a fun time. It's not like our basic place to play but uh, encounters yeah, in phoenix there. yeah we've been there a couple of times we've actually made some friends there we should get nice. sponsored because we see right encounters on. a lot <laughs> <laughs> we've had many yeah, we, encounters there we actually, we actually met uh, a geek couple there oh right was, on yeah which was, was really yeah, cool got them into swinging oh oh well briefly no they were there just uh they were curious so they went to go see what it was like and well they've been there a few times i found that most people who get into it who didn't start into it at a younger age so to speak um, get into it by either watching porn together or the idea of having sex with other people having sex in the same room. We're like, we're having, I'm having monogamous sex with my husband and I'm having monogamous sex with my husband, but you're right there. And this is all happening at the same time. And that I've seen a lot of that being the, the marijuana of the kink community. <laughs> the, gateway. The, the gateway. Yeah, so well, cool. that's kind of how we started. Yep, and that that is getting near the end of our time, actually, because this has gone on really, really long. Um, Sex is good. Because there's so much to talk about. But um, hopefully you guys had a good time and you want to come back and we can talk some more about other stuff. But um, those are some great tips for providing, like, a safe, uh, I don't know. Sexual environment yes. or non, you know, safe environment um, where you can be open to do safe things i can i wouldn't say anything you want i'm sure that there's no sex with children or animals those are always a no in our book at least um but it's definitely mine as well so a safe fun environment where people can feel open to do unless it's a things. baby narwhal i think I would. oh god baby well now that's both children and animals yeah. <laughs> well done now they have blowholes oh <laughs> good night everybody also got horns baby so um yeah, so hopefully you guys had a good time, and you'll come back and talk to us again. Yeah, next time we'll talk about safety on the other end, like physical safety when dealing with the more tricky things. Well, that would be good. I want to do a whole, like, actually fetish, fet life 
episode, so maybe we could have you guys back for that. I, I could even potentially bring uh, some more people along who'd be a little bit more well-versed. And, awesome. you know, avoiding kidneys with floggers and things like that. Oh, and we could do, like, uh, um, some demonstrations and we'll explain them. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that works. Ooh, we have some great buddies. Huh. We know. do, actually. It makes a good sound. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, stay tuned for that episode. <laughs> do you guys have any parting thoughts before we close out? Have sex in a costume. Just do it. If you haven't done it yet, do it. If you have done it, get another costume. Do it again. <laughs> Perfect. Ditto, uh, honestly. Um, ooh, corsets. Have sex in corsets. Uh, men, put on a corset and have sex. Women, keep your corsets on and have sex. So oh. generally just corsets and sex. So sex and corsets. So very good. All right. So that brings us to a close of episode two. Um, where can people find us? Facebook at TNN Podcast. And Twitter. And then we're on the on the Twitters where we do the, the Twitter. Yeah, so we're at the Naughty Nerds on Twitter.com. You can find us on SoundCloud at the Naughty Nerds. You just look us up. Stitcher now, the Naughty Nerds. Soon iTunes, hopefully. Yeah, so the iTunes is coming up if you're one of those Apple people and you like to get your podcast from there. Blah. Blah. Google well, search the Naughty Nerds podcast. Yeah, plus our website. Yes. Yeah, plus the Naughty the Nerds. The Naughty Nerds. Yeah, make sure you put the the, otherwise you get to a porn portal. And um, podcast, you can listen to us uh, on your mobile device from our from there or from SoundCloud or from Stitcher or from any aggregator. So hopefully you uh, tell your friends how cool this was and how much fun it was to talk about sex and nerdy things. And uh, we still don't have a we still don't have an uh, like a. I feel like we need an outro. I think we need like a. See, I keep saying we need we need like some kind of catchphrase to end our podcast with. Well, we're gonna have to think of something else. Because the first one we used was keep on fucking, which I thought was funny. Nuts to your nerds. Just keep fucking that chicken. (laughs) Nuts to your nerds. And keep on fucking that chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye.